Hello and welcome to another Continental Breakfast with the Football Babble Pod. It, I think it's game day five we're covering. I'm, I'm lost now in what's going on. Um, it, recording isn't Tuesday night in the Euros yet. Um, 15th of June, France have just beaten Germany 1-0. Uh, the game everyone was looking forward to in the group stage, or one of the games anyway. And obviously Portugal started off this, this evening uh, with a 3-0 win. In Budapest, which we'll touch on against Hungary very soon, and we'll look back or look forward, sorry, to the games coming up tomorrow. It's myself, Phil, and Steve and Brenton. Hello, lads. How's it going? Good evening. Good evening. Um, we'll talk on the big game first, the France vs Germany one. The one's just finished. Um, uh, Brenton, France always, as you said before, and as we all know, they're always your favourite team in an international tournament. Were you impressed with them tonight? Yes, um, I was. Um, probably in a slightly different way. Um, I think defensively, um, they kept their shape really well. I thought the two centre halves were excellent. Um, Griezmann was unbelievable defensively. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of work rate. Um, and they always, even though they only scored one, well, one that was offside also, but. Um, they they still look a threat. Um, I think they're only getting warmed up, which is quite scary. Um, but I thought I think it was mentioned in the TV commentary that that triangle of Kimpembe, Varane, and Kante um is quite formidable, and they were mopping everything up. I think Germany probably there's probably teams that will give them. But more to think about, you know, one of the things will probably be England, um, who have players who can get in around that area and slip a few passes in, maybe in behind. Germany didn't do that enough. I think when they started to, they looked a bit more threatening. There was a couple of passes in in behind to the likes of Gnabry. I can remember one in particular um, that Reese came out and just just got to, um, but. Overall, I think France probably were the better side. Probably deserved it. Um, the pass from Pogba was was exquisite, um, and yeah, I, I don't know if they looked tired, a couple of them, or if they're maybe just getting into the swing of it again. Um, but there, there was a couple of heavy touches, a couple of possession losses. I thought Pogba was guilty of that. A couple of times, even though generally he was good, um, I think there was a couple of times he maybe cut it. There, there was a, a time I was. He's a frustrating player at times, Pogba. <laughs> like I'm sure Nate, Steve, Steve knows all about it. Like that's why he's laughing. But um, there was a time up high on the right hand side, and um, he had beat. I can't remember who it was. Um, he beat the German defender, and then he tried to do something. He could have put a good ball in, or he could have drove on into the box. And he tried to double back and beat him again, and he lost the ball. And it was just so frustrating. Uh, imagine, you know, if you're a French fan or if you're a United fan, probably more. Um, you know, he always seems to do something unbelievable and then follow it up with just something. It's like he gets carried away and he wants to, you know, <laughs> keep it going. Or I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, in general, I thought he was good. I thought Kante was obviously fantastic again. But um, I'd say probably 
probably Griezmann stood out the most to me. Just not so much going forward, but the work rate he put in, which is uh, which is what that, that that game needed tonight. Bit of a grind. What did you make of the game, Steve? And and, and who impressed you from from? I don't know if was there any German players impressed you or who impressed you from the French side. I was just laughing at the Brendan describing Paul Pogba there because that is the Paul Pogba experience. Uh, you know, a moment of absolute <laughs> genius and then just moment after moment of frustration. I still think he's a much, much better player in, in that French side than he is with United and obviously but, that's but the difference between why, having Kante and like, But Because he's Kante and he's like, not Fred. It's not even, it's not, it can't, it, it, it can't just be Kante. I, yes, there's a massive part of that because no, Paul Pogba I, I, is a good footballer. You know, isn't? If you know you have a player who can cover the field like Kante can, you'll take more risks, and that's what's happened. The more risks he takes, the more it pays off for Pogba. And yeah, you do have those frustrating moments, but sometimes he actually, I worry that he's too conservative for United, and that's because he knows that if he gives the ball away, he has Fred or Matic, who's 106, covering for him. Um, and I think that's why actually Pogba's best performances with United have been when McTominay have been in the side because obviously there's a gulf in class between Kante and McTominay but you know the United player can cover ground in a way in, in a similar way that Kante can so Pogba takes a bit more risk in those games um, so I do think that it is that is worth like kind of fleshing out a little bit. But I actually thought Hummels had a really good game for Germany. So did I. Yeah, apart from being in a really unfortunate position for the own goal, I thought he made a couple of really really good tackles. Um, but I think a massive problem for Germany was they made five substitutions and not a single one of them made it an ounce of difference. This time the out. Yeah, like the most notable thing of the game for me tonight was Sané wearing an actual long sleeve jersey and none of your underarm or stuff like so that's that's the contribution that Germany substitutes made tonight <laughs> do you think Germany though do you think they'll have they'll have enough do you think they can beat Portugal I think they have more than enough for Germany or for Hungary or and Portugal from what I saw tonight like we get on to obviously the Portugal game yeah yeah. In, a, in a in a few minutes, but I I was not impressed by that opening game at all. I think that was one of the worst games of the tournament so far, and that's after watching Spain and Sweden, you know, the night before. That, that's some going actually. He's raging it, it wasn't no no. You're so raging, hungry didn't get a draw off Portugal. There, I can actually feel the rage coming from. Look, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Bullet points. Um, <laughs> I thought as well, like as good as France are, and they are they are stunning, like because the, uh, the run they're on, and, and obviously the world champions. Um, what what they get a praise for as well, a, a lot of it seems to come right today. It's just how like I don't know if methodical is the right word, but they're just they're just a, a machine. I would have them as they're just a, a machine that constantly flows. Like there's not they have Kylian Mbappe and the Antoine Griezmann, and then Benzema up front, and then Paul Pogba. Four players that can do individual stuff on their own. But Griezmann typified, as you said tonight, Brenton, they're constantly working. Constantly. Even like yeah. even Mbappe was doing it. I know he only passed three times. I mean, he got, I think, two assists that were really offside. Well, that's neither here nor there. One hit the post. But um, they're constantly working, constantly going. This is probably what they are, this French team that Deschamps has, has managed to, to harness and gather together. I think is the ultimate tournament team. I don't know how long this team could do this if this was a league format say you know over a full league season I don't know how long this team could go for this but in a tournament where you have six or seven games we just need to get through it 
win it one nil every game if you have to, or whatever, and get through. Like Spain did it in two thousand and um, in ten in South Africa, turned up and thought they were going to be like the Harlem Globetrotters because they were playing so well because that Barcelona um, tactics behind them and ticky tack of football, and they just grinded out results in the end. And this French team, like, they're sort of killing you with kindness. I feel watching them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they were, they, they could have been a bit more ruthless even tonight. I thought and put a few more goals on. I know they had the post and the one ruled offside, but they could have been a wee bit more clinical. There was times where yes, Steve Gonset and Mbappe should have passed mm. and released to one or two of his teammates through. Uh, Pogba dallied on the ball a little bit, and that's what happened with Mbappe and Benzema being offside for the second goal. But mm. there still is a little more, bit more ruthlessness in there in that French team and. I think oh, someone in France got out of second gear. No, I, I I agree. I think someone in this group is going to get an absolute hammering. Yeah, uh, it, when they click. yeah, it's it's ominous how how much they kept in the tank tonight. Um, and but uh, like uh, again, like I think that's that's how you play tournament football. Like you you only need to win your group. You only need to win yeah. two of your group games. You make wholesale changes for the third, and then you actually take the tournament seriously, and it's a four-game competition. So, like, it, I think they'll be... I think France will be very, very happy tonight. But I don't think the Germans will be too disappointed either. I thought in the second yeah. half they were okay. It's just France are that far ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, I think the, the, what What stands out about France there when you're watching them... Um, compared to maybe you know Portugal and England and some of the other favourites that have been mentioned, is that they all know what they're doing. They all have been doing the same job for so long in a in a successful system, and you can see that. You know, I think of all the games Pogba and Kante have started together, they've never lost a game for France, um, which is wild. Um, it just works so well, and. When you when you already have a working system that has won a World Cup and you add Kareem Benzema into it, like you're on to a winner. Um, we saw glimpses of Benzema Mbappe link up, and yeah, I don't think it quite clicked tonight. But if it does, I mean, they they could go and score a bucketful. Um, I really fear for Hungary. Like to be honest. <laughs> in that game, um, I think that's the next game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, if you know, if they sit as much as they did against Portugal, um, France will just tear them a new one. Like, um, I, I, I can see like that. France weren't. You're probably right. Like they probably didn't get a second gear, but they'll like we saw in the World Cup. Like they'll just get better and better as they go along, and. I, there's nobody there that can, maybe Italy that we've seen so far that could stop them yeah I don't want to I, go I think, can we just yeah. touch briefly on Pavard because I just no, want to say that good man yes yeah um, there's no way he should have come back on like I'm 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 low to diagnose concussion and head injury from from you know 500 miles away or whatever the case may be but like you know he clearly, if that was rugby, he'd have been taking off the field. He would have had to do a head injury, or yeah, head injury assessment. Well, like soccer is so far behind, it's just yeah. it's in a different planet. Like it's players, is, you know. This is Paddy's expertise. Right, pa- Paddy, I call him Doctor the Brain, and that's Paddy works in um, 
in, in medicine stuff and he, and he knows all about this and he's been to many conferences and he actually put it into our group and he, he's going to come back on the show later on in the week folks but he said that in his opinion Pavard shouldn't have been allowed to continue in rugby they have spotters which watch for replays and take people out at high risk of concussion Paddy was saying he was attended a UK head injury conference and the head of Ulster Rugby medical actually spoke about the whole process around it and, and Paddy dies Pavard looked out when he hit, when his head hit the ground, and he hit his ground in awful force. Mm. Something for, to be looked at in football for sure. It, it definitely, I I couldn't believe he came back on. I didn't mention it at the time. I was, I was actually still a wee bit stunned when I saw him running back on. You could tell by his face, the the, the decisions have been taken out of his hands. Uh, hopefully, Pavard is okay, and again, we shouldn't be saying this, but he gets away with it this time. But you'd like to think it looked football, like the doctor. Yeah. Wanted to take him off, and yeah. there was somebody else went over. Was it Kimbembe or something? And kind of shooed the doctor away, which is what I was saying about the players. Like they shouldn't have anything to do with it. You know, if no, the doctor says no, it, not that's their it. it. It shouldn't yeah. even be the referee because the referee is the worst angle of any of these things. Like Paddy and Phil are right. Like and in American football as well, there are spotters in the crowd who are looking at TV replays or looking at the action from a higher level to see if there's anything that they need to to, to kind of flag with the referee. If the referee can be in silent communication with VAR and not interrupt the flow of the game, they can absolutely be in communication with someone who's assessing yeah. head injuries. I, I was at I was at an Ashley game. I'm not going to mention who was involved uh, this season, and there was a head injury to a young player, and you could tell from where we were sitting uh, in the booth that uh, he took a bit of a knock, and his manager wanted him to go back on, and the medic said no, and. There was a to and fro and they're properly getting into each other and the player went back on and the medic's words were, if he dies, this is on me now. And it was it was a complete stunning sentence to come out with and the player was then taken off a couple of minutes later. Um, he wasn't he wasn't right. Um, and then a couple of weeks later it happened, a similar player, a, same, a player in the same club and they took him off straight away, they learned their lesson. But it was just interesting... Uh, to see the whole dynamic go, and and, and the, the medic was right. They were standing up for themselves, and they were trying to protect themselves and the player, and the manager just was trying to win a game of football, and wasn't thinking straight at all. It does, a manager shouldn't even be involved. It has to be the medic, and that's it. Yeah. Not even yeah. the referee. He makes no decision. He just lets whatever the doctor says, he goes with, and that's it. Take him off. So, yeah, we, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, football will, will readdress that very, very soon. And before we move, do you think Tony Rudiger might be in a bit of trouble? Um. <laughs> he seemed to be hungry for a bit of French cuisine there. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, at first I thought he bit him, but then it that that it didn't grazed him with his teeth. Yeah, it's like he yeah or like wiped his lips on him, but it also looked like he <laughs> might have, he might have pinched his nipple with his hand around the front. You couldn't really see because it wasn't really the lips touching him that Pogba reacted to. It yeah. was the hand on the chest. So like yeah. you know we've all been at corner kicks where you know if you're a defender you grab the forward by the chest and you twist his nipple like we've all done it but like you know Euro twenty European Championships game I don't know it's very different like I think yeah it's I don't know Rudiger I I love him like he just seems like an absolute lunatic um, <laughs> so I, I I'm I'm really starting to to grow to him I mean he'll turn up at Anfield next year and do something to one of my Liverpool players and then I'll have to obviously call him out and fight him or fight Brenton nearest thing but um, we should move on because <laughs> yeah, the other g- yes go on ahead sorry so, sorry um, I was just going to say uh, Liam Toomey had a great uh, tweet on Rudiger um, 
he said Rudiger has carved out his football niche in the place where aggression meets comedy, and I respect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we need to see Suarez and Rudiger again. We need to see that rematch. Um, we'll move on because the, the, the other the, this group kick off tonight. The first game was at five o'clock. Um, absolutely. By the way, if I get fucked doing that in this again, having only two games, we made three games before that. There was absolutely no need. Um, but Portugal went to Budapest, a full house in Budapest, which we'll touch mm-hmm. on in a minute. Um, did nothing for ages, and then managed to come away with a three 0 win. I had, Steve, I know you. I know you want to get into this first, but explain to me how that happened. Um, it's the worst three 0 win I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> so no, let's say <laughs> Rafa Silva changed the game. Please, let's go from the side, right? So me. the first goal. The cross took a massive deflection and the shot took a massive deflection and sneaked in at far post. The second was the softest penalty I've seen given in a long time. And the third, Ronaldo looked offside. So, like, if you're going to celebrate those kind of victories, fair play to you. But, like, that was an absolute robbery. Like, not that Hungary deserved to win. or, or they, I know they had their chance that he was well offside, but he finished it really, really well. Um, but I thought Portugal absolutely stunk the place out. For 84 minutes, they were as poor a, a team of that caliber I've seen in a long time. It was everything that I was worried about Portugal coming into this tournament. Um, Jada looked like he, he not, Jada looked good on the ball, but his decision making wasn't great. Fernandez looked leggy. It was the worst game I think I've ever seen Ronaldo play and he still ends up with two goals, which I don't know is a testament to him or not, but that's just the type of player he is. Um, so I wouldn't be celebrating, I don't think, I don't think Portugal be either of the two other teams in the group, but that that one win, given the way the other results in the first round of games has fallen, might be enough for them to sneak through as a third place team. Um but yeah, I think it's I I thought it was the poxiest win I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, a lot of that is because on this podcast uh yesterday I predicted a nil nil draw and I was <laughs> so so close to that nil nil draw. But uh I'm not I'm not angry. <laughs> I, like I can't believe none of you have acknowledged what I said in the group about Rafa Silva and he had three assists and no one <laughs> yeah, these are all on purpose said three times. no one yeah, he kept saying it. <laughs> on purpose I, I hate all of you I purposely ignored it I know you are um, Breton Ronaldo quiet 35 minutes gets himself two goals 106 goals now for Portugal which is that's ridiculous um, he's the first person to play in five European Championships. He's also the first person to score his second goals class. Keep going with the stats. I mean, Thirty-three passes for the second goal. Yeah, that's um, lovely goal. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if there's an argument <laughs> from Steve for that third goal that he looked offside. <laughs> that's not an argument. <laughs> but they didn't show a replay. They didn't show a single replay of it. Like so, and the ref didn't go to ref. Was in charge of the replay? That's why. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I think um, that's another thing I'll say. VAR is so much better. Like this is the way they probably should be doing it in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, yeah. 100%. <clears throat> Uh, just, 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 on, just on that third goal, right? Okay, because I can't make an argument against that third goal on its own. But they don't, they don't, they're not create, they're not trying that goal if they're frustrated and it's nil nil at that stage. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of move you put together when you are two nil up with like a minute to go in a game. 
And anyway, that's my point. It's, it's, it's so bitter towards Portugal. Clutching <laughs> at straws. It's an honorary nil-nil draw. I think the bookies should pay out on a nil-nil draw. Because, you know. <laughs> um, no, yeah, he's, he's something special. Um, and, you know, I know Steve says that <clears throat> the, the, you know, they won't do anything after this in this group and, and maybe going forward. But, like, when you look back to 2016, they drew their opening game with Iceland, um, then drew nil-nil with Austria, and then drew three each with Hungary um, and went on to win the tournament. So, you know, if they're winning their first game 3-0, I'd say that's pretty ominous. Um, and I think they did... Yeah, they, were, they weren't great, but, you know, they, they did miss a couple of chances. Shada missed a couple of chances. He, he should have scored one early on to Ronaldo really early on and then there was one came in from a corner and then I think I missed it but Ronaldo missed a, missed a bit of a set there in the first half too. Yeah. Um so they did you know they did have chances. Um you know if one or two of those goes out and I think they'll probably absolutely ramp home because you saw it when um when they did get the first goal, you know, it it looked like you know they could have scored three or four more the game was finished at that point. Um I think the you know the the Germany Portugal game will be an interesting one because uh, Portugal look you know they're hard to break down. Um, Pape and Diaz look like a formidable pair, and um, Germany probably the one thing that the, that I saw they were lacking was a real number nine, a real finisher. Um, the few creative players in there that. Um, you know, probably Gnabry uh, more than anyone else tonight got into those positions, but t- there was nobody to uh, detect that. I think we maybe mentioned it, and uh, somebody maybe mentioned it on the pod last night. You know, one of the you maybe only get going to get one or two chances, and that's probably going to be a theme throughout this tournament. And it's just if if you have the quality to finish it off, and and the likes of France, you know, do, um, and obviously we've seen so far. Um, the teams that got those wins, the, the likes of England as well, you know, the, the quality in the final third is, is so important, especially if you're going to come up against teams that are going to sit in. And the Germany-Portugal game, regardless of what happens now, uh, on the final game, of Portugal will play France. And I think France are obviously going to go on now and they'll be hungry, so they'll be in six points. But that game, can't it won't go down as a dead rubber now because... If you win this group, you go through to an easier route. But if you come second, you're going to play play England. We'll, yeah. we'll win in their group, and no, none of the teams will want to play England that early in the in the group. And regardless of what we think, how do we think this England side are, or whatever, a lot of other countries have already spoke about them this week. And Open Uchi was talking about them uh, yesterday in his press conference, or maybe it was today. I think and he thinks the team is impressive the most. They won't want to face England. They won't want to face them. I'm not sure if it's when we have to Rome, but they won't want to face them anyway. So it'll be interesting, regardless, that France and Portugal game at the end of this group is going to be two teams going at it. And then you think this one, Germany have to win this coming up next. So Portugal themselves in a really good position. They were handed a decent draw by getting hungry first. We said last night, well, me and Johnny did anyway, that we think they'll score a couple of goals. No, Steve was hoping for that nil-nil as he's still claiming. But well, apart from the two goals towards the end with Ronaldo, and I know he was very quiet. Was there anyone else, Brenton, that impressed you? 
with Portugal. I thought it was weird that he went with Danilo and um, uh, Carvalho midfield. I think they were far too similar when you played Hungary. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're good players, like, but I think he could have maybe went with someone a bit more energetic to to not have Bruno Fernandes obviously bust himself again because <laughs> he looks like he's he's dead out in his feet. Yeah, um, and I think you know, are you just trying to beat me into saying Rafa Silva was impressive? Um, <laughs> no, no, because... no, no. If that's <laughs> if that's what you think, then you say. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously it was. I mean, that was uh, clearly a, a good change that he made. Um, to give you your credit, you did say when he came off the bench, he's a good player. Um, but yeah, I didn't think um, the two to the right of um, Fernandez Silva and, and Jada were particularly impressed. Uh, you know, yeah. I know Ronaldo scored two, but you know they, they weren't really in the game that much. And I think Fernandez probably. Um, and this sounds strange, but at times he was too far forward for me. Um, and I didn't see all all of the game. I was traveling home from work, but um, there was a couple of times I saw him nearly, you know, beyond Ronaldo trying to get um on the end of things, and it's not really his game. I would have liked to maybe have seen him drop a bit deeper and and pick up the ball there and and you know create from there, which is probably what you're talking about with with Carvalho and Pereira. You know if Fernandez was in there with just one other. Um, I think he probably suits that a bit better. It would have given them then an opportunity to get uh, somebody else in in that three behind Ronaldo. You know, maybe someone who is gonna gonna run in behind a bit more. You know, um, Rafa Silva probably has put the best case forward for for being in that position. Um, because obviously Hungary sat in and you. Bernardo Silva and Jara kind of play in front of the um, in front of the defense instead of going in behind, especially Bernardo Silva, um, which is probably why he came off. He didn't have a particularly impressive game, but yeah, I, I think you're right. It was maybe a, a bit strange to have those two sort of sitters in there, um, especially in this game. I think if if you're gonna play. Uh, offensively in, in one of these group games it, w- it was this one you know I think that team that he played today would probably make more sense against uh, a France or a Germany that was Portugal's <clears throat> best ever opening result in the European Championship so see how they go from there um, we talked a lot about uh, obviously the two games today because there were two big games featuring three of the teams that are, are some people's favourites are highly rated anyway um, pardon me. Tomorrow's games kicks off with Finland against Russia at two o'clock. I think it is. Yeah. How do you see it? We'll go through these quickly because I want us to talk about the first round of games are through. So I want to get into what we thought so far of the tournament, and what's impressed us, and also today's atmosphere, seeing sixty thousand people in the stadium. What do you think tomorrow? Finland v Russia. Finland obviously have three points in the bag coming off that win against uh, Denmark on Saturday night. Their first time ever at a tournament. They have a massive stink of Iceland off them. I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but this could be this could be curtains for Russia. Steve, what do you do you think do you think Finland can can um put put Russia to the sword and get rid of them? Um I think the danger of Finland is that they're probably going to play for a draw because they know that that yeah, four would, points does them. Yeah, four points is going to do it for them. Um, 
And I think, given how the rest of this route might play out, this is their best chance. And like to, to a certain extent, they're kind of playing with house money at this stage in Finland because qualifying for a major tournament was obviously such a a bonus for them. And then, obviously, the circumstances were not ideal for anybody, but getting your first win at a tournament, like, there's really nothing to lose for them. So, like, I get the temptation would be to play for a draw, but this is your opportunity to actually, you know, get Russia with the competition. Um, and I, I saw enough about them the other day that I, they're not a bad team, but they're going to be one of those teams that they will have two chances maximum a game. And they are going to need to convert one of them and hope that they can keep yeah. them in the seat. That's really the way they're going to play. And to be honest, Russia did nothing um, to impress me um, in their first game. So you could see Finland absolutely getting the results from this. I don't know if it would be a win, but the, the, it kind of it, it has the feel of a draw, really, doesn't it? What would you say to that, Brent? Similar? Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think Finland will will get something from this game. Um, they were defensively. Uh, I know Steve's mentioned obviously the um, the events in the in the Denmark Finland game were just extraordinary, um, and so you can't really count it as a as a normal game. But um, did one shot and and one goal Finland in that game, and Russia looked. Looked awful. I think they had only one shot on target against Belgium. They looked, they just looked like they did nothing about them. Um, and Finland have what I would say are more dangerous players uh, who can, you know, spark something going forward. There was um, a couple of players that, you know, when 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 they broke, um, especially in that second half, um, they did look dangerous. Uh, I think obviously Pookie's always um, a threat, um, and Kamara as well. I think Paddy's mentioned that uh, he's been impressed with him this season. Um, so I think if you know the, they're probably evenly matched, and and with with Finland already having three points on the board, it puts them in, in a much more comfortable position than it does Russia. You know, it would probably suit Finland. I think Denmark has twenty odd shots. In that game, and Finland were able to stay resolute. So, if Russia come at them, you know you might Finland might catch them on the break, and then they'll just sit. And another team, two teams at Group A kicks back off again, and five o'clock game is Turkey uh, against Wales in Baku, and there's going to be thirty thousand fans in this. And the thinking behind it is the majority of them are going to be supporting Turkey. So it's going to feel like a real away game for Wales. They also have a point in the bag with the point uh, they got against Switzerland, Turkey, or trying to get the first points in the group. And they were some people's dark horses to do quite well in this tournament. How do you see, Brett, in this one going quickly? We'll get your views on this. Can you see Wales doing something and getting a magical three points? Or do you think Turkey will get three points in the bag? No, I can. I can see Wales. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm very quickly um, moving from my Turkey prediction, but it's because they looked so... So bad in the opener. Uh-huh. Um, I know, and I think that that equaliser for Wales was a big goal. Um, you know, getting something out of your first game is so important. And Turkey were like, it's not like just that they didn't get anything out of the game; they were absolutely decked by by Italy. Um, <laughs> yes, you know, 
it's not, you know, it's not even like they, they played well. Um, and Italy beat them marginally. Italy had tons of chances. They're actually quite wasteful. Um, I think we spoke about that after that opening game. At Turkey were toothless. Um, they didn't get Yilmaz on the ball at all. They were far too far away from him. Um, he was so isolated. They had no shots on target. Um, but Wales will be going into that game a bit more buoyant, I think. And a bit like Finland. I know they didn't win their first game, but they've got something to to play for now. You know, if if they do win this game, um, because it's going to be their their better opportunity out of their remaining two games, because obviously they play Italy, um, in the last game, this will be their chance to to get four points and probably go through to the next stage. Um, so I think that uh, you know they should go all out to to get the three points. I think they have the quality going forward to to do that. What do you think, Steve? Well, the last time Turkey played Wales, it finished six four. Um, I think we could do with it. We could do with a game like that. I think Rob Page, the, yeah, Rob Page, the Wales manager, played in that game. So, um, I actually slightly disagree with Brendan on, on, on. I thought Wales were poor against Switzerland. I thought they had that 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 goal came out of nowhere, and I get that the result means like obviously a point is better than than losing a game, but. I think a lot of Welsh fans would have been frustrated at seeing Wales play for a draw against Switzerland. Um, yeah. And that just doesn't strike me as a team with, with a huge amount of ambition or belief in itself. Whereas Turkey, I think, tried to change a lot of how they qualified for that game against Italy and obviously came back to haunt them. It's also worth remembering that Turkey have the youngest average age of any squad at this tournament. Their average age is less than 25. Um, so it may have been the occasion of the first game. I expect to see a lot better, and I think Turkey will be beat Wales fairly, not comfortably. I think it'll be a close game, but like two one, I think um, for Turkey. Get that back, um, back on track. Get that back on track. Interesting. Though. Maybe they were sandbagging a little bit towards the end of the game against Italy to see themselves. Maybe they think they're going to be better than the other two teams, Switzerland and Wales, in this group. Italy then are back on tomorrow night. Um, my boys, Forza Italia. They're hosting Switzerland at 8 o'clock. Um, Steve, do you think Italy will will, stay, will march on them and have six points by the time we're talking tomorrow night? Yeah, I think that it's not even worth spending too much time on this game. Yeah. I didn't see didn't see a huge amount from Switzerland against Wales to make me think that they they're going. And Bolo to. was good. Yeah, um, he was okay, but I think it was just the rest of everything else that was on show was a bit like poor. So he, he kind of stood out yeah. that way. Um, I think Italy will kind of comfortably qualify for the last sixteen, but I do think. I think we spoke about it after the game that it's going to be very easy for Italian fans and media to get carried away. I do think they'll, you know, they're not going to get as many chances against the better teams as they needed against Turkey to to score those three goals. So what was it, twenty seven attempts uh, they had against Turkey, something like that. It was a, it was a, it was a pretty, God, yeah. yeah, it was pretty emphatic. Like, you know. That number might be halved or quartered against a France or a Germany or an England or, or a Belgium. So, um, from that point of view, I'd like to see it. The, the one thing I'd like to see from Italy in this game is to be them a bit more efficient and ruthless in front of goal. Um, and yeah, I, but I still think they'll win comfortably. I don't think I don't think this will be too much of an effort for Italy at all. What about you, Brent? Yeah, I concur. It's um, I think. The the you know 
they probably will want to win this game. I know that sounds stupid, but um, if they get six points, it means they can maybe even rest a few players against Wales. And I think one thing about Italy is that they have a very good and set uh, starting team. Um, and <clears throat> unlike maybe a France or maybe an England even, their, their squad is probably not as deep. Um, so it would be a good opportunity for them to to rest players uh, starters in their last game against Wales if they you know if they qualify or if they get three points against Switzerland, um, which I think they will. Um, they they looked slick in that first game and confident now. So I think they'll they'll go on and it's Switzerland. I think they look decent, but uh, I don't think they'll especially. That Italy defence, I don't think they'll they'll cause them any problems. Interesting. I'm looking forward to that tomorrow night. I, I think, I think in the three games, I think Finland will see see to Russia. I think, unfortunately for our Welsh cousins, Turkey will put Wales away, and I think Italy will have it comfortably enough tomorrow night. Um, happily to come on here tomorrow night and be proven absolutely wrong in all three of those. And um, we were going to talk about obviously what it's been like for the games around Europe but I think we'll park that towards the end of the Euros and we'll get everyone on to give their opinions on that I'm, I'm conscious of time here for tonight's pod too but I wanted to ask two lads that are on with me and I'll give my opinion on it. who and it could be player or t- team has impressed you Breton the most so far in the first round of games player or team mm-hmm. what's that who, st- who stood out mm-hmm. did France stand out tonight was it the most complete performance I uh, don't think think it was the most complete performance. I would probably say Italy, um, if I'm going nice. team. Um, I think, you know, yes, they've had good qualifying um, and they look much better under Mancini. I didn't think they would look that good. Um, uh, I think they're solid and they can actually um, they can actually score goals now as well um, and create chances. Which more so create chances. I think they probably could be slightly more clinical if I'm um, being critical. But um, yeah, although Turkey looked toothless, um, probably Italy were the the most impressive uh, team. But I have to say, um, I thought Griezmann was really impressive tonight as well, and it could just be because it's fresh in my mind. But um, I thought he looked focused. Focused and um, you're ready to, to go a long way in this tournament. And Steve, uh, Belgium for me. Um, I think they perennially come into these tournaments as kind of a team that's always mentioned, and we wondered about the impact of De Bruyne being missing. But it's so easy to forget that Romelu Lukaku is like one of the best strikers in the world. Uh, uh, and it's, it's sometimes it's mad to me to think that Manchester United's strike force could be Lukaku and and Memphis Depay, and they probably let both go too early and scapegoat them for problems that weren't their problems at all. Um, so I thought I thought Lukaku for me even stood out, and not just because like obviously, you know, two goals in your in the first game of a, a European Championship is is fabulous, but to do it when your club teammate has suffered what Christian Eriksen suffered just hours beforehand 
and you still don't know all the details. Like, you, you know, at that stage, Lukaku wouldn't have known that Ericsson was awake in hospital and talking. I think that just showed a massive heart and a massive kind of professionalism just to get on with your job. Um, so for me, it was Lukaku in Belgium that really stood out. I, I think Italy were good, but I think, you know, I think we mentioned that on, on the night, like, or in the morning after that, like, you know, Turkey, no, no, not that Russia were great either, but Turkey were particularly poor, I think, in that game. Yeah, I, I like all four of those choices, actually. Um, I, I, I echo both, both Belgium and Italy for me are the two teams that I think, I know France were very good tonight. Um, and certain people have already put online some of their pieces of how, how brilliant they thought they were, which is fair enough. But I would go with, maybe it's just bias here, I'd go with Italy as my team performance so far in the group stages. And Lukaku or Gina Wijnaldum for the performance. Yeah. I think Wijnaldum for Holland showed everyone else that maybe didn't believe him. That um, he's just he can't, he's actually quite a complete or very much so midfielder, and, and um, he was brilliant the other night for Holland, especially with the captain's armband on. And Lukaku, as you said, Steve, to to go out uh, and and not just obviously one of his best mates um, almost died on a pitch, but also um, you could hear some of the stuff being coming out of the stands and rushing, and you like you don't even have to know or hear it, you know fine rightly what it's going to be, and for him to stick two goals away, and especially the second one was just like looking at Ronaldo from '98 running through, it was wild and sliding it through. I, I think Roman Lukaku is such a brilliant, brilliant footballer, and that's not me. I'm the ticket my United fans or or Everton fans because he's left. Like he is such a super footballer, he seems to be getting better. So yeah, um, I'll go with Wijnaldum or Lukaku for who I think have been. Standard performances for round one, and then Italy and Belgium as the two teams that have been so impressive. But it's been a it's been a good first week, I think. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's felt for me. I don't know if it used to just finish up. It sort of felt like a release from club football. Like it sort of feels like even not for me. No, I know not for you. But even like you were mentioning, VAR is even better. I know that sounds so stupid, but it has felt like the refereeing decisions have been better, and VAR has worked better. So it's it's been I nice and all make. Yeah, long may I continue. Obviously, folks, thanks for listening and tuning in to every show. I think this is our sixth, maybe, Continental Breakfast or our fifth. Um, catch all of our stuff on our social media channels at the Football Babble. In, pardon me, Instagram and Twitter. Brett, do the Patreon link. Just uh, Johnny deputised excellently last night. Um, it's patreon.com forward slash football babble. Thanks, folks. We'll be back again tomorrow where we'll look back on the games from coming up Finland, Russia, Turkey, Wales and Italy and Switzerland. And then we'll look ahead at the games coming up, which includes Holland's group and Denmark playing Belgium. Good luck.